You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A lot of people, myself included, call you the, the GOAT. You know what the GOAT. Greatest of all time. I don't how even like that. that. I don't even like it. Feel? It makes me cringe. It, it makes it, me it, cringe. Really? It makes me cringe. I guess I take compliments worse than I take. I wish you would say you're trash, you're too old, you're too slow, you can't get it done no more. And I would say thank you very much. I'm you're go driven, prove you're, you're wrong. driven by criticism more than you're driven by success. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gillio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily presented, as always, by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Wednesday. Michael Strahan talking to Tom Brady there. He may not want to hear. We could say it, though. He's the GOAT. He retired yesterday after a 22-year career, which featured 10 Super Bowl appearances. He's out. And now we get to turn the page to new ones, new guys in there. Uh, Matthew Stafford on one side and, of course, Joe Burrow on the other. Joining us on the Roman Guest Line, it talks the Super Bowl and little Tom Brady. Ian McMillan of BetSided. Ian, welcome back to the show. Uh, what, what's your what's your Tom Brady reaction here as he retires? Uh, it's not surprising after the weekend, but it's uh, try to put into some words your thoughts on Brady as his career wraps up. Listen, it, <clears throat> excuse me. If you're looking for a guy to give some Tom Brady love, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be your guy to do that. Uh, the very first football game I ever watched in my life was Tom Brady's Tom Brady's first Super Bowl win. Uh, I was still a kid at the point. I was able to stay up late and watch it because my dad is a diehard Rams fan. And now Tom Brady has haunted me for my entire football fan career. Uh, and my family's 0-3 against him in the Super Bowl between my Falcons and my dad's Rams have lost, lost him twice in the Super Bowl. So Tom Brady's not welcome in the McMillan household. Uh, so as much as everyone is complimenting him, and at this point, I mean, we won a Super Bowl and he's 43 years old, 44 years old. I have to probably admit he's the greatest of all time, um, but I'm glad to see him go. It feels like a, a weight has been lifted off my shoulders now that he's retired. It feels like a curse has been lifted. A, a reluctant Ian McMillan saying, yeah, I guess he's fine. He's a pretty good player. Man, you should be celebrating Tom Brady. Thank you, Tom Brady, for walking away. Because now in your NFC South, which is at the moment by far the worst division in the National Football League, I would point to the Falcons by default. You have the Brady, uh, the the Bucks without Brady. Now maybe they get Jimmy Garoppolo or some other quarterback. Who knows? Um, but man, you know, I and all of us follow uh, teams that are in the NFC closely. Myself with the Bears, your G with the Eagles. Hawk uh, pays close attention to the football team, commanders, whatever. Now it's going to take me another year or two to, to get that down. I'm still going to call them the football team because that's better anyways. But um, we're all in the NFC, right? And this thing is completely wide open. If you have a young quarterback 
everyone this offseason is going to be pointing to the Bengals. Uh, the quarterback carousel is going to be fascinating. I mean, I, I know it's not as strong as the AFC, but man, it feels like, Ian, that we're going to get some big numbers uh, g- going into uh, the offseason on some of these NFC teams because, okay, maybe the Cowboys are the best team. Maybe they have the best quarterback in the NFC if Rodgers leaves. But so what? This is the NFL playoffs. Crazy things happen. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, uh, yeah, I think the Falcons at this point, I mean, uh, the Buccaneers are probably going to get a quarterback. But, uh, yeah, the Falcons might be the favorite in that division. But to be honest, um, the Falcons are obviously in, in a bit of a rebuilding phase. But it doesn't even really bother me that much because of those points that, that you brought up. The NFC is in such like a, a turnover phase right now where – um, it's kind of going to be like new quarterbacks, new powers. I would hate to be a rebuilding team in the AFC right now, and then you got to look up and you see Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen. It seems like an impossible hill to climb, but in the NFC, it's not a bad spot to be in to be a rebuilding team like the Falcons are. So get a few more pieces uh, this offseason. Ride Matt Ryan out for another couple of years. Get your quarterback as the last piece. Uh, and the Falcons could be right up there here in a few years, or at least that's what uh, I, I'm convincing myself. Well, let's talk about the NFC. You tweeted, you pinned it up there. The Rams are an easy bet in the Super Bowl. Don't overthink this. Rams, Rams, Rams. So tell us why you're on the Rams. Yeah, I, my a big part of my kind of betting strategy in the NFL is, is to fade the public narrative, not necessarily the public money, but the public narrative. And especially in the NFL, I find uh, a lot of NFL fans have a little bit of a, of a short-term memory where they only kind of remember the last few weeks. And the Bengals are kind of that team. They won three games in the playoffs. Joe Burrow has looked fantastic. And listen, I am a Joe Burrow lover. I love the guy as much as anyone else. I was on the Bengals two weeks ago against the Titans. I was on the Bengals this past week to cover against the Chiefs. Uh, But they are just not as good of a football team as the Rams from top to bottom. Joe Burrow is great. There's 21 other starters on the team. They have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. Their pass protection is terrible. Two of the three playoff teams that they faced had terrible pass rushes in both the Raiders and the Chiefs, two second-worst pass rushes in the NFL. Now they have to face Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, a very dangerous Rams pass rush. I wrote an article this week uh, about that, saying I think the Rams were, were, are the easiest Super Bowl bet in recent history. I laid out 12 different stats that I feel are the 12 most important stats when trying to evaluate how good a football team is. The Rams had an advantage in 10 of those 12 stats. Now, the point that everyone brings up about the Rams is, oh, Matt Stafford's going to throw interceptions um, and he's going to give away the game. That's certainly possible. Uh, I recognize that for sure. But I think if you're betting on the Bengals, you're basically just betting on Matt Stafford to throw interceptions because if he doesn't, if this Rams team doesn't turn over the ball, they are the best, most complete team in the NFL. You look at all their losses this season. Every single one he threw at least one interception. They had four turnovers against the Bucks when they almost blew that lead. Uh, if, if they don't turn over the ball, I think they win this game in a landslide. So I just, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of married to statistics at this point. I have to follow what they show me. And they show me that the Rams are just the more complete football team. So uh, I, I bet them as soon as the line was released. It was probably it was the quickest I've ever placed a, a bet uh, when the Super Bowl has been decided. Ian, I was reading your article, and I looked at the, uh, the categories you threw up there and, and, and what the advantages the Rams have. I'm curious, you know, a lot's been made this week, and, and you highlighted it, of the Rams' defensive line and pass rush against the Bengals' offensive line. That, that's established as probably the, the biggest mismatch in the game. I'm curious, though, one of the numbers you had in here 
was the Bengals, and they ranked 23rd in opponents' yards per play. And I know you brought that up as a stat you like to use, uh, yards per play, opponent yards per play on the show before. The Bengals' defense, it has felt, watching the playoff games, like it has been better than it was during the regular season. They've made plays. They've ended all three playoff games on defense with an interception. Do you think they've gotten better, or do you still see the holes there that McVay and Stafford and the Rams will exploit in the Super Bowl? I think they have gotten marginally better. Well, I, also, don't forget, I mean, they, they got absolutely torched in the first half against the Chiefs. So kind of what happened in the second half, I think you'd have to kind of go back and actually dive into the film to really know. Was it defensive adjustments on the Bengals' side at halftime? Or was it the, the, the Patrick Mahomes started forcing throws and, and wasn't started uh, stopped taking uh, what the defense was giving him? That's kind of up for debate. But, yeah, maybe they're playing a little bit better. But, once again, they haven't exactly been playing Outside of the Chiefs, which they got torched by in the first half, they haven't been playing very high-octane offenses. Uh, the Raiders' offense stumbled down the stretch. The Titans certainly wouldn't weren't a good offense. I mean, you, you guys know my thoughts about the Titans. I don't need to get into that again. Uh, so, yeah, they're probably a little bit better, but at the end of the day, I, I have to take the larger sample size of statistics over maybe just a few weeks' sample size because sometimes teams just play good games, defenses play good games. I think you have to look at a bigger sample size uh, to, to get a better idea of actually how good a team is. Uh, and, yeah, you mentioned it. Their defensive numbers rank in the bottom 10 in most of them. Uh, third down defense. I love the third down stats. Uh, and their 12th and third down offense, 21st and third down defense. That's not good. You have to be able to get the other team off the field. And the Bengals haven't been doing that all year. So, uh, yeah, maybe they've been playing a little bit better. Maybe their schemes have been a little bit better. Uh, but I'm, I'm still not buying in on them even being a, a top 50% defense heading into the Super Bowl. Uh, Ian, we got a lot of time here for the Super Bowl props, and many have not even been posted. They should be up heading into the weekend. Uh, but anything you want to share with the audience on how you prepare for some of these Super Bowl props, how, just what your process is like, and some of your favorites to bet on every single year. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I mean, usually when it, I'm not a huge prop better, but I usually, I mean, I keep it pretty simple. What is what is one team, what does uh, each side do well, what do they do poorly against, and then bet the opposite. It's not exactly a, a, a genius, uh, in-depth strategy, but I mean, uh, the, the Rams are, 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 are fourth in opponent yards per carry, one of the best running defenses in the NFL. So I do something simple now. I haven't seen what the rushing total is. That's going to obviously affect whether or not I'm going to bet it. But then something as simple as Joe Mixing, Joe Mixon under rushing yards. I took uh, Elijah Mitchell's under rushing yards last week uh, because of the Rams' season-long uh, run defensive numbers. So uh, I'm not a huge prop better. I definitely will be placing from, from, uh, some for the Super Bowl, but my strategy is pretty simple. Take unders uh, for players for player props when they're going up against a team that defends what they do well, uh, and then take overs for the opposite. So uh, like the, the Bengals' secondary hasn't been good this year. Maybe I might take a few overs on some Rams receiving uh, uh, receiving props. So. Pretty simple strategy, but uh, it's worked for me in the past. We were just talking about Pebble Beach. Who do you like this weekend? Any long shots? Yeah, the Pebble Beach is uh, th this tournament. These kind of West Coast early in the calendar year tournaments, I, I find a little bit 
tough to handicap because they play at several courses. Like they play three courses this week, and Pebble Beach is two of the of the four rounds. Um, so I, that, for that reason, what I lean on more than I do other events is just how these uh, golfers have performed at, at this event in the past. So I'm looking at Daniel Berger. I'm looking at Jason Day. Daniel Berger twelve to one. Jason Day twenty to one. Just two guys who have just continuously uh, performed well at this event. Justin Ray Golf tweeted it out: best scoring average of Public Beach Pro Am since 2015. It's Daniel Berger and it's Jason Day uh, at the top of the list. Um, as far as a long shot, I don't know if it's a long shot. I haven't played any real long shots this week, but a little bit of a dark horse guy, uh, Mito Pereira, the Chilean, a big, a popular name heading into the season. Betters have kind of quieted on him in recent weeks. I think his price is now to a point where he's worth a shot, especially at a course that is a big ball striking course like Pebble Beach. He ranks seventh in, uh, in the, on the PJ Tour in strokes gain approaching the green. Uh, so irons are his biggest strength. Uh, and that's what's uh, most important, at least at Pebble Beach, where uh, t- two of the rounds we played. So I got him at 50 to 1, not necessarily a big long shot. Uh, but with these kind of events that are taking place at multiple different courses, I, I usually keep it pretty conservative and just keep my betting strategy simple. So th- those are the three outright picks I have for Pebble Beach. Ian McMillan, Betsided, joining us here, talking uh, Super Bowl and a little Pebble Beach this weekend. Uh, you mentioned Jason Day, and uh, last segment we were talking through our picks for this weekend, and I threw out Jason Day. I, I like him a lot, and you, you threw something in your write-up here that I think is important because this course, you know, people that have played well and played here before, they tend to find a way to get to the top eventually. Last five times competing uh, at, at Pebble Beach, seventh, fourth, fourth, second, and fifth. Uh, talk through your your thoughts on Jason Day and and how much you factored that in that he's played really well at this course before. Yeah, I factored that that in quite a bit. I mean, it seems like a simple betting strategy. It almost seems like it's too easy, but it's true. There are some almost every golfer, at least the top golfers, have those like one, two to three courses each year that they just play very well year in and year out. I'm thinking like Bubba Watson at the Travelers Championship. He's an auto bet every year because of how well he performs. And with Jason Day, not only um, has he had uh, five straight, you know, top ten finishes? Four of those five were top five. Uh, he had a T three at the Farmers Insurance Open last week. So I, if he didn't have that finish, I might not have bet on Jason Day because he's been kind of a, a streaky golfer the past couple of years. He's dealt with some injury issues, um, but not only has he played well at Pebble Beach in the past, as you pointed out, but he's clearly in good form with a T three finish at last week's Farmers Insurance Open, which was a very good field as well. So. Uh, I'm feeling confident in Jason Day, and I think 20 to 1 is a pretty decent price on him as well. Ian, what's on your mind in college hoops? Uh, as we uh, dive in there, a lot of people jumping in on college hoops that haven't been betting it in the past. Maybe they've been sticking more with football and a little NBA, but uh, we had a great slate last night. Uh, anything tonight that you like, or uh, or you think in futures? Yeah, I do have a game I like quite a bit tonight uh, in the ACC. I like Clemson minus three and a half against Florida State. I'm going to say Florida State's been one of the more disappointing teams uh, this season, in my opinion, especially defensively. Just just some horrid play on defense so far. Uh, and Clemson's actually a very good shooting team uh, as well, which is not really a lot of it's something that a lot of people would think about. Clemson, 40th in effective field goal percentage. Florida State's down at 143rd. Um, and when Florida State does have success, a lot of it is coming off of forcing turnovers. They're 33rd in the country in opponent turnovers per possession. But Clemson is very good at not turning the ball over in the top 60 uh, and, and holding on to the ball, not uh, coughing up the ball all over the place. So 
I, I think there's a lot of signs that point towards Clemson being a solid bet tonight, minus three and a half. Uh, that's my best bet for tonight. Any futures, I like Arizona. Any any way that you can bet Arizona, it's not a team, but that really, I don't know, that many people are talking about, or maybe I'm just not seeing them talk about. They're over on the, uh, obviously in the Pac-12, so a little bit of some later games, but they have literally no weaknesses. Top like five, top ten in both offensive and defensive efficiency. I'm going to be riding Arizona uh, for the rest of the year and into March. Great stuff, Ian. We always appreciate hopping on. Ian McMillan of Betside, and we'll catch up soon. He was on the Roman guest line. Got a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL. I, I checked out uh, Ian uh, on Sunday. He, he put that up right away. That the Rams are the easiest bet he's ever had for the Super Bowl. The reactions were great. Like, he's, he's amazing. Amazing. But he's, he's strong on it. And the numbers he put up, it does look like a mismatch just based on the numbers. But then you watch Joe Burrow and you're like, I don't know. Have you heard many people make a case for Cincinnati at this point? I haven't. I haven't heard anybody. It's Burrow, right? That people are afraid yeah. to bet against Joe Burrow. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawks with Becky All Daily, presented as always by FanDuel Sports. We'll talk props coming up next on the Becky All Network.